The Phillies are back in action tonight after the off day yesterday. The Chicago Cubs coming to town as the Phillies return home from an incredibly disappointing road trip. The Phillies lose five of seven in Arizona and San Francisco now coming home two games out of a wild card spot. Fourth place in the National League East. The New York Mets have passed them. The Nationals and Braves have been past them. And it's a season on the brink right now for this Philadelphia Phillies team. We'll dive into it all. This is Phillies Today. I'm your host, James Seltzer. It is Tuesday, August the 13th as we get set for some Phillies-Cubs action tonight. We'll dive into that coming up a little bit later. But first, uh, look back as we we did yesterday, but uh, a general kind of discussion about where this team is at after a incredibly disappointing road trip out west a disappointing weekend they lose three of four to the giants losing five nothing on thursday one hit they muster one hit against madison bumgarner then on friday they win an exciting game nine six bryce harper the hero with two home runs but then fall back to earth yet again they lose three to one on saturday the nine six loss on sunday a game they were up in the game on saturday just no chance. Got out early. An early home run in the first inning, and then it was all downhill from there. Jeff Samarja just shuts the Phillies down. And then on Sunday, they had a lead. They blew it, and that was that. So now this Phillies team, as they sit here, as we move in to the final month and a half of the season, it's August 13th. There's a month and a half of baseball left. The Phillies sitting at 60 and 58 right now in the season. So 44 games left for this team to play before the season is over. They are two and a half games back of the Nationals, the top wild card. They are two games back of the Cardinals for the second. The Brewers have game up on them. The Mets a game up on the Phillies. They are a game ahead of the Diamondbacks, a game and a half ahead of the Giants, which is obviously ironic considering they just got waxed on their trip out to those two places. But those are the teams, seven teams uh, really within a three-and-a-half-game stretch of each other. It is a uh, – look, it is a – so where they're at right now when you look at this Phillies team. And first and foremost, I think that we can all say, and we all know, and we saw it again this weekend, the number one thing that this club has to do if they have any chance to make any sort of hay over the last month and a half of the season, the last 44 games, and then a potential play-in game after that, is the offense needs to get going. I mean, it's just what it is. It is just a fact of life. It is where this team is at. You look at the offense. Bryce Harper, man, just continues to be a disappointment. There's really no other way to, to describe Bryce Harper, what he's done so far. Harper batting 250 on the season. The 372 OBP is nice. 472 slugging percentage, not nice. Only 21 home runs on the season as Harper has just continued to struggle. And, you know, it's been one of those things where all season long, I keep, uh, I keep making excuses for Bryce Harper. I've been trying and I've, I've said many times now that I'm, I'm done making excuses, but you know, it's one of those frustrating things where you can only make excuses for so long at a certain point, at a certain point, the player has to step up. I mean, for so long, I've said, Oh, at some point he's going to, carry this team on his back. We're going to go through a stretch of baseball where he's the best player in the league and blah, 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 blah. And sadly, we have gotten nowhere near that stretch. It's been nowhere close. Bryce Harper has been nowhere close to the best player in the league. He's been nowhere close to even a mediocre player. I mean, he's been a fine player. Excuse me. He's been nowhere close to the player that they expect him to be. He's been a somewhat mediocre player, maybe slightly better than mediocre if we want to be real about it. He's been better than mediocre, but 
he certainly hasn't been the guy that they paid him to be. And when this team is struggling like they are, when they struggle to score runs the way they do, it's hard not to look at the guy who's making $330 million. I mean, when you look at baseball right now, there are 51 players who've hit more home runs than Bryce Harper. That's just flat-out unacceptable. That's not okay. Bryce Harper was brought here to do more. So you look at Harper, I think that's a major point where if there's one guy on this team who has the ability to to turn this season around more or less on his own, and again, I'm not saying it's likely or expected, but Bryce Harper's the guy. He's the one guy who, through his own play, can really turn this season on its head and, and make a run for this team. Also, look, Reese Hoskins has been abysmal. Since the All-Star break, Reese Hoskins betting under 200. Hoskins, who was really one of the few guys you felt really good about over the majority of this season for the first few months of this season. Hoskins, the one guy who, like a metronome, giving you what you expect from him, and he has just been ice cold for the last month and a half. Just horrendous. I mean, Reese Hoskins has been a legitimately bad hitter over the last two months, month and a half, since the All-Star break. And uh, All-Star break's about a month ago, a little over a month ago. Hoskins has been bad. <laughs> There's no other way to put it. You know, you can't sugarcoat it. Reese Hoskins has been a major disappointment. The OBP has fallen all the way to 385 after being above 400 for a majority of the season. The uh, slugging percentage for first time I can remember this season has dropped below 500. He's batting 245 on the season. It has not been a good time for Reese Hoskins. And really when you go up and down the lineup, it's just one thing after another. You know, Gene Segura has not been the Gene Segura we expected, batting 281. He's thrown flashes, but certainly not the guy you want. JT Romuto batting 272. He's been fine. He's heated up lately. Not good enough. He's been a great defender. Not good enough offensively, you know, and then... Kingery has had a really nice season. Not enough to carry the team all by himself, unfortunately, which they've needed, it seems like, for him. Corey Dickerson has been a nice pickup. He's hit really well for the Phils. Cesar Hernandez has gone through stretches where he's hit well. But at no point have all these guys put it together. At no point has this lineup been fearsome. This was a lineup that we came into the season saying could be one of the best in baseball. Certainly one of the best in the National League. They've been nowhere close. They haven't even been in the discussion. They've been a below-average offense. Legitimately a below-average offense all season long. Worse than half. The bottom half of the league offensively in pretty much every single major category all season long. And that's incredibly disappointing. But it also, look, and and Jay Bruce was hurt again, keeps getting hurt. Hazley is you know, can't, he's back up now and, and has played well when given the opportunity, but um, it's just hard to see a light at the end of the tunnel if this offense isn't going to turn it around very quickly because we all know the pitching staff isn't good enough. The, the starting rotation wasn't good enough to begin with, and then they bring us Jason Vargas and Drew Smiley, and you hope that that's going to be enough to help, and, and clearly it doesn't seem like it is, unshockingly, unsurprisingly. I mean, Drew Smiley, those two first good starts, everyone gets excited These had two Pretty bad starts. Mediocre starts since then. You know, Vargas is Jason Vargas. He's not that good. He's fine. He's a stopgap. He's the guy that the Mets let go because they didn't need him, even though they're trying to contend. And now the Mets have passed the Phillies. I don't think we can make a big enough deal about how upsetting that is. This Mets team that we all thought was a laughing stock, 
that we were making jokes about that we thought they were going to fire their manager when they left Philadelphia after that four-game sweep. They're ahead of the Phillies. They're better than the Phillies right now. It's not even a question. They've won 15 of 17 games. They're playing way better baseball than the Phillies have at any point this season. There's a Phillies team that hasn't won more than five games in a row at any point this season, not once. The Mets have won 15 of 17. I mean, come on. So the staff's not good enough. We know the bullpen isn't good enough, and that's really the area where you give the team a little leeway because you do lose Sir Anthony Dominguez, David Roberts, and Tommy Hunter, Pat Neshek, Adam Morgan for large stretches of time. Those were all the guys who were expected to be the best guys in the pen. Those were the guys. Those were the guys you were counting on in high leverage situations this season, and none of them are here. None of them have been here for the majority of the season. None of them have made a big impact except Morgan at times, and he just keeps getting hurt. So the only chance this team has, and again, it's a chance to make the playoffs and probably not much past that, but the only chance it has is this offense completely turning things around. And I don't know why you would think that they would. I, don't, I wouldn't think that they would. I don't know. We haven't seen any evidence that makes me believe that they can turn it around. Again, there's only 44 games left this season. We've played 118 games. I think at this point we have a nice enough sample size to know what this team is. And what they are is a mediocre baseball team. They are a team that deserves to win somewhere between 81 and 84 games. And that's what they're on pace for. They're just not a good baseball team right now. It's, it's, that's a fact. And yes, they are more talented than they've played. But I don't know why anyone would think that, that now's the time they're going to turn around. And that brings us back to the Kapler discussion that we've been having for the last season really but but recently since the Bob Nightingale piece came out claiming that Kapler was beloved in the front office and that the organization loves that he's indoctrinated into their culture and the way they do things and all that stuff basically saying yeah well he does what he does what we want him to do so we like that and it made it seem that no matter kind of at least according to the article and again I don't buy this verbatim but the article implied that Gabe Kapler would be back next season. That that the the smart bet, the smart money would be on Gabe Kapler returning next season. Now, here's the way I look at it. I have often said that I thought that Kapler had to make the playoffs to keep his job. That article does make you pause a little bit. And I do think that if this team can maybe turn it around and fight for a spot, if they are, you know, within a game out with a game to play or two games to play or whatever, and they're, they're in it and those last games mean something, then maybe, yeah, I could I could see that I was wrong and they make excuses and they bring Kapler back. But look, if this team continues on the trajectory it's on, and that is the what feels like the exact same trajectory saw last year in August and September, a team that just completely collapsed, one of the worst collapses we've ever seen in baseball. If this team heads down that road, which right now the way they're playing, they've just lost two or three to the White Sox, then they lost... Two or three to the Diamondbacks before losing three or four to the Giants. It doesn't feel like a good baseball team. They're not playing like a good baseball team. They don't show up like a good baseball team. And I feel like if this continues, if this team continues to drift out of the wild card race, they're now two back after being in the wild card spot for a while and all that. If they end up missing the playoffs by four or five games, I don't know how you bring Kapler back. I really don't. I mean, I understand that it might happen, 
But from a uh, uh, organizational perspective, from a fan base perspective, from a, all that type of stuff, man, I think it's the wrong move. And and I like Gabe Kapler. I look, I would like them to go on a run. I want Kapler to keep his job because he deserves to keep his job. But if they collapse again and they keep him, it's not going to go over well in the city. It just won't. It just won't. How could it? This is already a manager who, for right or wrong, and probably mostly wrong, has been vilified from the moment he stepped foot on the field in Philadelphia. The moment he stepped foot on Citizens Bank Park, the man got booed. And I don't think that was right, as I said at the time, and I've said many times since. But it doesn't change the fact that Gabe is not loved in this city by this fan base, and that's okay. Look, I don't want a team to make decisions strictly based on how a fan base likes someone, obviously. Having said that, Having said that, I do think that it is incredibly important that this team make the right decision here when the season's over. And again, we're, we're jumping ahead of ourselves, but if they collapse again and they bring back Kapler, I think it's going to really turn off a large portion of this fan base. Because at a certain point, at a certain point, someone has to be held accountable. And if, again, if we witness two horrendous August-September collapses in back-to-back years... Who else is there to blame? Even if it is, and it might be, all legitimately on the players. It might be 100% the players' fault. It might be. But you can't fire all the players. You're not getting rid of all the guys in the clubhouse. At a certain point, it has to fall on someone. And that someone's going to be Abe Kapler. I mean, this team, so many times this season, has not shown up for big games. We've had so many issues with hustle, with this, with that, with all these types of things. There's no way you can look at this and believe that, that everything's hunky-dory down there. And ultimately, whether right or wrong, someone's going to have to eat the bullet for that. Someone's going to have to take the bullet. Like, that's what just happens. That's the way it works in sports, in life. At a, cer- a certain point, someone has to take the blame. And if this team collapses, collapses... Back-to-back years, someone has to take the blame. And is it possible they clean house and keep Kapler and just get rid of Maley and get rid of Young and all that? Maybe. It's possible. I mean, to be blatantly honest, I'm surprised John Maley has held on to his job this long. I really am. Especially with Salisbury's article that came out yesterday saying that he was expecting something to happen, whether it was a change-up in the roster or a change-up in the coaching staff. I mean, how much more does this team need to underperform offensively until John Maley does lose his job? And again, I'm not calling for his job. I'm just saying I'm surprised he hasn't lost it. I really am. Because this team has consistently, night after night after night after night, underperformed offensively. They don't have a plan. This is a team that's supposed to walk, right, and take pitches. They've walked 8% of the time over the last month. That's horrendous. They don't even do that well anymore. So look, theoretically, maybe it comes back on Kapler's coaching staff. That's possible. But one way or the other, if this if this trajectory continues, and look, everything I'm saying can be nixed immediately if this team just starts playing better baseball. If this team over the last 44 games find, somehow finally finds that magic, somehow finally finds that chutzpah that they've been missing, and oh, they've been missing it. If they can finally find that chutzpah and find a way to, to gut it up here and, and show us something and, and maybe make a run, then maybe, maybe it's a different story. I, I don't think, you know, look, if they make the playoffs, it's a whole different story. I think he's back no matter what if they make the playoffs. But but if this continues, if this just disappointing, 
unimpressive, at times lethargic type of play continues, someone has to get someone has to get canned. And I and I think it unfortunately, no matter what, I, I think the case is that Kapler makes the most sense if that's what happens. Again, 44 games to change that. They have to change it quick though, because this team is not playing well. And in the biggest series of the season, which all of these are until the season's over, these ones that matter, these ones where you know what the playoff standing is and you're fighting for games and you're fighting for spots, in those games so far this season, they have underperformed. They've lost three straight series. Three straight. Against teams who are less talented than they are. Period. It's unacceptable. And at a certain point, they either need to turn it around or it's going to end bad for a lot of people. That, that's the way I see it. All right. Coming up, some news on Jake Arietta after his rough start over the weekend. Where is his season headed? We'll get to that as well as looking ahead to the Cubs series and a whole lot more coming up. It's Phillies today, James Seltzer. We're coming right back. We are back, Phillies today, James Seltzer coming up. We'll look ahead to the Cubs series coming up. Continue to discuss where the Phillies are at. First, some quick news on Jake Arietta. Arietta talked to Jim Salisbury after the loss over the weekend. His worst start since the Bone Spurs were announced. He's uh, hasn't looked great, obviously, but he's gutted through. It seems like five innings, one run, five innings, two runs. Had a bad outing, five innings, four runs. But has really been able to gut it out until the weekend when he gets crushed for five runs and three innings. Just didn't have it. Talked to Jim Salisbury and other reporters after the uh, the outing. He said it hurts every day, and whether he's going to uh, continue to work through it, he says, I don't necessarily want to make a decision right right now. We'll have the off day Monday and maybe have a conversation on Tuesday. So that is today. So, look, um, I wouldn't be shocked at all if Arietta or the Phillies and Arietta, whatever it is, decide to shut him down. Uh, he's getting to the point where he's not effective, and ultimately that's really all that matters. And I, as I've said many times, I've – Look, I'm not the biggest Jake Arrieta fan. I don't think there are a lot of Phillies fans who are huge Jake Arrieta fans. He has not come close to living up to the contract he signed. And he's also been very vocal since being here. And it seems like he loves to call people out when he's struggling and blame other people. And he just he hasn't really ingratiated himself to the Philly fan base in a ton of ways. But this here, this this toughness has, has certainly done that more. I, I think that the dislike of Arietta has waned somewhat with this guy going out there with the pain he's in, with the elbow issue he has to go out there and keep pitching and to gut it out and to try and help his team, I think is admirable. And that's something we in Philadelphia, that's the type of effort and chutzpah, there you go, that we respect and we support and we applaud. And um, ultimately, though, it does seem like it might be getting to a point of no return, a point where he just can't do it anymore and get through the outings with any sort of, you know, it's it's amazing that he's been able to really pitch to this point to begin with. And, um, you know, I think it's getting to that point where it might just be, uh, it might just be too much. It might be too much. Again, I, I really have appreciated what Ariad has done. Um, but I think we might be getting to that point, unfortunately, where uh, it's the end of the line. For Arietta this season, uh, we'll see. If they don't shut him down, they don't shut him down. But I wouldn't be shocked at all if that conversation today does lead to Arietta getting shut down. I don't know what the answer is if they do shut him down, whether they do a bullpen game. I don't think you put Pavetta back in the rotation. He's made such strides out in the bullpen. And he really does give you a weapon out there that you don't have otherwise. So, um, But again, if you don't have a fifth starter, what do you do? Do they bring a Damon Jones up from the minors? 
I don't think they'd bring Spencer Howard up. I think he's still a little too raw. I wouldn't be floored by it. I know they love Howard, and they should. He's the best pitcher in their minor league system, but I'd be surprised if they go Howard, but it'll be really interesting. If Arietta can't go anymore, what do they do? And how does it affect this team? And look, again, I think from a on the field perspective, you know, where Arietta's gotten to, as we've talked about, the level he is at is not anything that you're you're really excited about anyway. I think that at this point he is strictly eating eating innings for you. He's not doing anything to really help this team much. So I think you feel okay if he decides that that's the road he wants to take, but Again, it's also a question of what's next, and what's next is is not a lot of options. This is a team that is very seriously depleted in the staff. Obviously, the bullpen we talked about, but the starting staff depleted as well. And it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. So we'll keep our ear out for the Arietta news. And again, appreciate what he's done, but also I don't think losing Arietta will be that big a loss. More just a Another, who knows, whoever they bring up the minors could be better than anyone we've seen, right? It hasn't been good either way. But when you're competing, look, the Phillies, again, just to, to recap, three and a half games separate seven teams. The Nationals in first place. They are two games up on the Phillies. The Giants, uh, the Cardinals half game up uh, on the, the uh, two games, excuse me, two games up on the Phillies, the Cardinals, um, as they are in the second wild card spot. They are a half game out of the Brewers, a game out of the Mets, three at Arizona, three and a half ahead of the Giants. So, um there, there's a lot of action here. And, and again, I do think the one thing when you look at these teams that you do try and remember is none of them are that good. You know, none of these teams, to be fair, the Phillies are not very good, as we've talked about, as I've said. So, um, but I do think you feel better that none of these teams are juggernauts. I mean, St. Louis is flawed. The Brewers are flawed. We know how bad the Mets can be at times outside of 15 or 17. Um, we know how bad the Mets can be. The Diamondbacks, the Giants, we just saw them. Granted, they did win series against the Phillies, but they're not world type beating type teams so it, it while it is um i worry because the phillies are f- starting to flounder it feels like they're starting to really bury themselves a hole that they might not get out of but right now if they can find a way to start to turn things around right now today tonight against the chicago white Sox, none of those other teams are very good either so it's not all is not lost but you definitely do not feel great about the situation Right now. All right. Tonight down at Sensen's Bank Park. If things are going to change, they have to change right now. And the Phillies will get at it. Tonight against the Cubs, a three game series that begins a six game homestand. Three through Thursday against the Cubs, then the weekend series at home against the Padres. Tonight, Jason Vargas takes ill against Jose Quintana, a matchup of left handers there. Then on Wednesday, tomorrow night, the. Uh, the game of the series, I'm sure a game a lot of people want to get down to Citizens Bank Park to see Aaron Nola against the return. Cole Hamels takes the hill at Citizens Bank Park for the first time as a member of another team. That's going to be a very exciting, emotional night down there. So that should be a lot of fun. Hopefully the Phillies can harness that emotion and use it well. The Phillies have not done well on nights where stuff has been going down. Utley night, Howard night, all that stuff. So hopefully it's changed. And then Thursday night, Drew Smiley against you Darvish in another big, massive series. The Cubs in first place in the National League Central, a, a better team than the Phillies right now. I don't think there's any way um, around that. There's no question. But um, just look, the, the White Sox are a worse team than the Phillies, and the White Sox win 2-3, so the Phillies have to find a way to win 2-3. I mean, we are back to that. The Phillies can't afford to lose series anymore. They just can't. They have to find a way to take 2-3. I don't know how. Cubs are better. Phillies are not playing well. They're home, which is good. But, man, what a massive series. What a massive last 44 games. This is it. 
It's either going to go one way or the other, and one way is going to be real bad for a lot of people in that uh, in that clubhouse organization. The other way could be a lot of fun for everyone, so let's hope it's the one way and not the other. Either way, we will be back to talk about tonight's game and a whole lot more tomorrow. So until then, thank you for listening to Phillies today right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network. <laughs>